this is a beginning point. This is the beginning of the rest of my life. I got the meaning, and I got to write it down, because I don't want to forget it. Just win, baby. Welcome back to the Gold Jacket Podcast, proudly sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has it all. Daily, weekly, and season-long best ball tournaments that are literally happening 365 days a year. Plus, you can play their pick 'em props game. Pick five, or sorry, get five picks right, and you can win 20 times your money. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code TNFF. You will get a 100% deposit on your first 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Man, I am tripping <laughs> over my tongue today. Welcome one and all to the Dynasty Football Offseason. I am your host, Gymnastic. You can find me here. You can find me on Twitter at Gold Jackets. And I am joined, as always, by the other host of the show. See, when I miss shows, the show still happens. When he misses shows, we take a hiatus. Connor Donald. You can see him here right now. You can find him on Twitter at Connor10. You can find him pretty much everywhere. We're proud members of the True North Fantasy Football Network. Make sure to check out the entire network on Twitter at truenorthffb.com. YouTube, if you're watching us right now, we thank you so much on the TNF, TNFF network. On the internet, truenorthffb.com, where you can find articles, rankings, podcast streams, and so much more. For the next two more weeks, no. Three yep. weeks. <laughs> we are diving into the key free agents and needy teams of each of the four fantasy positions. We will talk names to watch, best landing spots, best opportunities overall. I need to stop talking. What is up, Connor? Man, I'm I'm just happy to be back. As I posted on Twitter last week, I, I couldn't do it. My son got COVID first week at daycare and brought it home. I got it. Girlfriend got it. It was chaos. Ten days of of uh, not the greatest of times when you have COVID and you're stuck in isolation with a, with a toddler. Needless to say, so that is the reason we missed last week. And we are double recording tonight. We are doing running backs. Then we're going to do wide receivers and we're going to post that at the end of the week. So it'll be like we never missed any time. And... With that in mind, we got to get right into it because we got lots of teams, lots of names to talk about. And we're going to start with the running backs tonight. Um, There are 40 total unrestricted free agent running backs on the market with a plethora of great names and a decent draft class. There's going to be a few guys coming in, playing for some jobs and get jockeying for position on the depth chart throughout the offseason, but we're going to talk strictly free agents and strictly the opportunities that currently exist out there. And I'm talking teams that need a start in running back or likely need a start in running back, not the RB2s or the committees. So let's kick it off with the Arizona Cardinals. The only running back under contract right now is Eno Benjamin, who if you checked out the press conferences from earlier today, they seem to be quite confident that Eno will be playing alongside one of James Conner, Chase Edmonds next year as the combination in that backfield because they seem very confident in Eno Benjamin. 
And they also seemed very confident in speaking that they wouldn't be able to bring them both back, which was kind of the, I believe that was the assumed thing going into this offseason that with those two as free agents, they weren't going to be able to bring them both back based on the running back market. So $17 million cap space. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, you're talking like you're easy bringing one of them back for probably four to $6 million plus the other needs that you have plus the Kyler Murray drama. So, I mean, they got, again, I wouldn't be signing Kyler Murray to nothing. No, especially after that. uh, His fucking fifth year option and then franchise tag and that shit. Especially (laughs) after that message that his agent put out, that was just um, who, boy, that's like the MLB's uh, bargaining agreements right now. Dirty, dirty. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so the Arizona Cardinals. Who do you think realistically comes back? James Connor. James Connor. James Connor. That's kind of what I'm feeling like too. I feel like James Connor and Eno have that complementary skill set similar to what James Connor and Chase Edmonds had. James Conner is cheaper too. I think. And he's going to be cheaper. Yeah. Chase Edmonds is going to go and he's probably going to commit despite, you know, Arizona not using him to the best of their abilities. And despite Chase Edmonds not being able to give them really consistent RB1 effort or play. I'll tell you why. It I just makes the most sense. Not only do I think he's going to be cheaper, he's shown a prolific nose for the end zone. Dude can get Agreed. it in. Where I find the other two, uh, it takes two or three shots uh, Mm -hmm. to to make that in. So uh, consistency there when you're on the one, you don't want to hammer it in with Kyler. Um, You don't want to run a fade route according to everybody in the Twitter sphere and and the goal line because that's apparently not the optimum route. But uh, I like it. It's a sexy route. Um, Just give it to James and, and let him bang it in. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at it right now, Pretty much all we're actually going to talk about them in the wide receiver episode later on because they have DeAndre Hopkins and then it drops off to Rondale Moore and Andy and Isabella because AJ Green and Christian Kirk are free agents as well. So the wide receiver situation's weird. Zacherts was their tight end, he's going to be gone. Max Williams comes back into the picture. We'll see what happens there. So, like he's having a red zone weapon you can trust when there's so much ifs, ands, and maybes at all the other positions really seems like the right thing to do in Arizona to bring James Conner back to pair him with Eno Benjamin and to see what you got there. And maybe, you know, with 40 total unrestricted free agent running backs and the draft class, there's, they're definitely going to be adding another one at a point when things get a lot cheaper later on in free agency, the leftovers, they can go in and they can pick a third running back. But obviously right now, James Conner probably seems like the best option to return pair with you know benjamin and see who becomes cheap two or three months after free agency and camp start opening back up um yep. next we'll one seeing, though if, uh, if it's sneaky with james connor though right like mm-hmm. i'm interested to see what other teams have interest in him like because i think he could fit a, a couple other teams but i think he absolutely i think he can be that. like the thunder red zone guy to a lot of the lightning running backs that are out there there's a lot of teams that have one guy who can do a specific type of uh, play, but then they don't have that guy who can bang it in, that guy who can work like that. So James Conner will definitely draw some interest, and I wouldn't be surprised if his market came up quite significantly, more than what we may presume just because of what he can do and what he brings. Uh, he may not be a clear-cut RB1, but he can definitely give you a lot of what a ton of other running backs can't give you. 
So, I still think he's going to be on a prove it deal, though. Oh, definitely. Just, I mean, he's he's but... he's kind. I wouldn't say he's injury prone, but he's had his history of injuries. He has his inconsistencies. He's getting older. You obviously can't sit there and rely on this guy on a two, three, four year deal. Maybe two, but you're not going three or four years with James Conner. Like this guy's down to the Todd Gurley part of his career where it's one year's contracts and you just keep rolling and rolling. Maybe two years like Kenny and Drake got with uh, Vegas last year. Maybe a team will come out and say, we'll give you two years and he'll take it for the job security and the guarantees. That, that would probably be what I see, but I agree. It'll probably be prove it deals because it's like, okay, you scored a lot of touchdowns. What's the likelihood? Because we know it's not, it, it, it can, it's not a very sticky stat. It's a weird stat. So can you keep it? Can you maintain it? That gets in there a lot. So like if I was Mm -hmm. James Conner, I'd be looking personally, I'd be looking at the team that gets in the red zone consistently, more specifically where you get in the red zone, like five, five yards out, maybe seven yards out. Mm -hmm. I'd be looking at those attempts, uh, see how many, how often in the last, you know, two, two years, this offensive coordinators got there. And I'd be picking, if I was him, I'd be picking the team that goes to that specific area of the field the most. And cashing money on end zone end zone rushes. But I agree. I'm not a professional athlete. I'm far from it. I, I think at the running back position, it's also different because a lot of them want guaranteed money and job security. If not job security, guaranteed money. If they're going to get one year, they want that money all fully guaranteed. They want to make sure that they're getting paid and they're looking after themselves and their family. So I think it's becoming that way in the running back market where people are really looking out for themselves and they're just going to go wherever they're going to get the most guaranteed dollars in their pocket at the end of the day, rather than necessarily just, or a championship. Or where am I going to win a championship? I'll take less money if I know if there's a good likelihood I'm getting a championship. So I feel like that's the way a lot of the running backs think. And that's the way, like, running backs are disposable at this point. There, It's clearly shown, like, uh, Elijah Mitchell with San Francisco, with San Francisco in general. And now Mike McDaniel comes up from under Kyle Shanahan. Similar mentality going off to Miami. Is he going to be similar in how he uses his running backs and that he's just going to be riding the hot hand and he'll take whatever's cheap at the position? We just don't know. Like that could be a mentality kind of brewing throughout the league to well, save yeah, money on the cap. Like it's going to be the RBBC. They're going to go cheaper mm-hmm. running back for sure, right? You're going to get two or three of them that can do maybe overlapping skill sets, but that's neither here nor there. It kills us as uh, fantasy analysts to, to think about running back by the committee and figuring out where's the best spot to be. Who have the perfect skill sets to complement each other but not take away from each other? That is the, the tough job that we have. Um, next stop, though, the Atlanta Falcons. They remain a spot that is interesting. Mike Davis sucks. He's under contract, but the only running back under contract. They can cut him real cheap, though. They can cut him dirt cheap, and they want to bring Cordero Patterson back very badly, it seems, because he was a focal point of that offense. He he ran, he caught the ball, he did a little bit of everything for them, so they trust him. But I do think that they're still going to dive into the running back market, and there's a lot of running backs out there. And obviously, you got Matt Ryan on this monster contract. He's not going anywhere. What's going to happen with Calvin Ridley? We don't know. You got Kyle Pitts in waiting in the wings, who's supposed to, who's going to blow potentially blow up this year and do a lot more for the team. But when you look at the 
the team in general, they don't have a ton of cap space to work with. Olamide Zacchaeus is a free agent. Russell Gage is a free agent. Calvin Ridley seemingly wants out. Cordell Patterson is a free agent. It's a mess. They need a lot of things, and I think you're going to see maybe another cheap running back come in there, similar to Mike Davis and that situation that happened. Yeah, you could see, like, uh, to be honest, the running back I would like to see there paired up is, is, is Ronald Jones, but that's just... Ronald Jones and Cordero Patterson? Yeah, I think that would be mm-hmm. a pretty good tandem, but, you know, again, I don't make those decisions. <laughs> <laughs> It, um, it's certainly tough because like, where is Atlanta? Like, what are they going to be? Like, what do you, there's so much that you need that it feels like running backs at the back of the list, especially if you can get Cordell Patterson, because then you got, you know, your running back wide receiver type player who's going to go and give you, you can target the guy 70, 80 times, 90 times, and you can hand the ball off to him, you know, 10, 15 yeah. times a game. So he's kind of covering a bit of both. But like what else said, are they gonna invest in? All you really have like is Calvin Ridley coming back. Mm-hmm. Um Russell Gage, uh Amadia Zacharias, Sabalidis, you know, um, all these guys, like there's so many question marks there. Um, you're right. Like, I don't think they're gonna sign Ronald Jones, but that's like just where I'd like to see him go. I know he's probably not. I and I know that people are lining up probably like, oh, the Atlanta Falcons, what an opportunity. Like, you you should get the running back that goes there. Well, why? We just I got fooled. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I necessarily would do that this year. I don't know if I trust that offense. Why, you know why that why offense you go is going to go doing the, the Mike ball. Davis thing, though? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We all clamored for Mike Davis because he showed glimpses like he has his entire career for short bouts of time, but never actually to fruition on any more than 650 yards ever rushing mm-hmm. um we all got googly eyed over that opportunity but why why are we going to do it again no i i absolutely agree with you on that point i don't know if i'm lining up for much in atlanta this off season i i'd really want to wait things out and see things out i think that arthur smith is a decent coach he had some things going for them but this is a middle of the pack offense this is a middle of the pack team in general and it's a tough offense to trust and I know their main goal is getting Cordero Patterson back in the fold and figuring out what to do with Calvin Ridley. And if they can save a million, $11 million in Calvin Ridley and, and let in and trade in him and get in something back in return. But otherwise you don't really know they want Cordero Patterson. They got to figure out Calvin Ridley. The running back position to me is something that I'll keep an eye on, but it's probably not something I'm going to run to the market to buy as soon as, it drops like they draft this guy in on day three or they sign this free agent for a veteran minimum. I don't think I'd be running to my waiver wire or in my rookie draft looking to really get too invested in the Atlanta backfield. Neither would I, Connor. Absolutely make fantastic points to that. Sorry about that one second. Yeah. Um, sorry, man. Uh, absolutely. I am so sorry. Uh, yeah, 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 man. I, I apologize. Um, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I do think they're going to go cheap. Like they said, day three of anything. Cause they, they do have a lot of question marks there. So mm-hmm. maybe now is the time to get Kyle Pitts at, at that, that premium price. Cause he seems to be like, he'll be the only stable piece going forward for sure. Um, Especially for the next five, four years. Cause they're definitely probably going to pick up that fifth year option at some point in the mix. So, so definitely the safest bet in Atlanta for now. 
Next one, I put a whole lot of question marks here because I want to know, is Devin Singletary really the answer in Buffalo? Are they going to roll with Devin Singletary and the hot hand that they saw to end the year? Or do you think Zach Moss comes back into the picture again? Do you think they go back looking at the running back position? Like, what do you think about Buffalo? Man, so I don't really want I don't really want to believe in Devin Singletary. Uh, the fact is, though, I don't see him going anywhere else. Just like I didn't see him going anywhere else last year. They have, you know, Zach Moss. They have Devin Singletary both on contract. They've both proven good enough. I don't think they're going to be looking anywhere else. Uh, but that's a really pass-heavy team, I think. Or maybe that's just like in my mind that they're a pass-heavy team. I'd have to actually look at the numbers, to be honest with you, looking at that. Uh, but I feel like they pass more than, than not. And then the rushing ability, again, I feel is capped off either way you look at it, like with Josh Allen, similar to the Baltimore situation with Lamar Jackson. Sure, he might not be rushing as many touchdowns in. They might be giving those to the running backs, but still taking up a lot of rushing opportunity. I'm sure his rushing stats on the team stats, Josh Allen, are, are pretty significant. Um, definitely. So, um, so, so that's – I don't know. You just got to pay too much, I think, for him. Uh, definitely. Like Devin Singletary at this point probably, it's like Rashad Penny. They're at points where they're very expensive despite, you know, maybe being late bloomers or maybe being in a position like Devin Singletary's not late bloomer. He had an opportunity, kind of lost the opportunity, gained it back. So he's kind of getting that position back. But um, just to allude to what you said, team pass plays per game, they rank number three in the NFL, 42 pass plays per game. So it oh, is so definitely a team that throws the ball a ton. <laughs> and it is absolutely not in your head. And then um, you look at Josh Allen, 122 carries per game. That ranks number three among running backs or quarterbacks, likely behind Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. So that's seven carries per game that goes to the quarterback position. And then you got your 42 pass plays per game. So no, the running volume might not be there, but we've seen what Devin Singletary can do with the limited run volume. But like you said, what is the cost to get in Devin Singletary? And at this point, Zach Moss seems like an afterthought, and he definitely doesn't seem like someone you want to be investing in very early. If you're going and you're looking and it's like, do I take my RB4, Zach Moss, or my wide receiver four in this position, or wide receiver five on my team? I'm probably leaning to the back end of your wide receivers because they're probably a safer flex play than Zach Moss, who earlier in the year was something to look at, but he relied heavily on touchdowns. So it's similar to like the James Conner, but he's not as proven. He proved it for a couple games. Well, even like we were alluding to a few episodes ago, looking at the amount of points scored at that position or at that at that point. You know what I mean? Like people are too quick to fill a starting roster. You don't have to fill starting rosters in March, in April, in May, in June. In July, even in August, you got a lot of time for that. Uh, take the best players available, trade for the best players available if it's not a draft, and and don't worry about it. Consolidate the most overall point value that you can get for your team. I think in, in the off season too, like if it's an established already dynasty league and you're waiting for your for your rookie drafts and so on and so forth. 
That's Agreed. Really the only positive I'll take from Devin Singletary is when he's not running the ball, he is running routes. Like when you look at his route numbers, he, as the season wore on, 24, well, 34, be the one 32, 19. Two. Yeah, he's definitely the one you want out of the two because it's not like when he's not running, he's not on the field. He's either yeah. running the ball or he's running a route. So there is still an opportunity that the guy might get the football. But like you see the volatility because you look and you see he gets seven targets one week, then one, six, one, two, four, five. Like the targets are all over the place. So he's a kind of volatile in the passing scheme. But like you said, what's it going to cost you get to, to get Devin Singletary? Probably a top he's probably going to land close to that running back dead zone where you're really going to have to ask the question, do I want to take Devin Singletary? And then how much would he cost to trade for if you wanted to trade for him? That's yeah. likely expensive. Just like if you were thinking of like Rashad Penny at this point. Next up, it's another ugly one. Houston Texans. <laughs> the most likely starter under contract is Rex Burkhead, who earned himself a, I believe it was a two-year extension for some un ungodly reason. I can't even understand why they signed the extension. He's um, only under contract but, for 2022. Oh, is he? Okay, so they gave him one more year. They, yeah. they signed him to an extension like three quarters of the way through the season. Yeah, at um, Yeah, exactly my thoughts. Because he was the most consistent runner between him, David Johnson, and Philip Lindsay in a yeah. putrid offense. Absolutely putrid offense. Um, but you know what? I would be kind of intrigued to see what the Houston Texans do at the position because I do think that they would be somebody to watch. Um, I mean, I don't think they're going to be out there in the free agent market, but they could be somebody to watch in the draft market day, you know, later day two, maybe early day three, just trying to fill out pieces of the roster after they've addressed some of their needs. They are a team that has a lot of needs, but they do have a decent amount of money in their back pocket, I do believe. So, I mean, what do you think about the Houston Texans? Obviously, nobody's going for Rex Burkhead. Nobody's clamoring to get their hands on Rex Burkhead, but um, I'm trying to figure out. I didn't think they had that money. I thought they had like 15 million. Well, all 23. Not too bad. Um, I agree with you. I think it's got to be a draft situation because who in their fucking right mind wants to go to that? You don't know who the quarterback's going to be. The you don't know really who who you throw into. Um, besides my man Nico there, uh, Brandon Cooks is getting up there, but not as old as some other players. That's a different story for a different time. Maybe next episode. Um, I don't think the front office is, is much to be desired. I, I don't I don't see why a free agent would really want to go there except for absolute guaranteed buco bucks. So if they're going to be slamming the position with – a shit ton of guaranteed cash and an absolute stud's going to go there. Maybe, but even still, is that offensive line going to hold up? Who's throwing the ball? Is the quarterback even going to be a potential threat to the defenses and open up holes for your running back? Or are they just going to be stuffing like 10 guys in the fucking box and saying, go ahead and, and, and throw it over the top. Um, I, I, so I don't know. It's going to have to be a draft spot and we're going to have to watch. I think a lot relies also on Deshaun Watson in this situation because if they're able to move Deshaun Watson, they can save $24 million 
that suddenly takes you from a $23 million team okay, so they to saved, a $47 they saved million, million dollars on Deshaun Watson. And who's fucking throwing the ball? Davis Mills? Davis Mills, 100%. At this point, are, they... Are you they, scared as a defensive coordinator of Davis Mills? No. At this point, no. So no, as a running back, are you going to go? Do you trust Davis Mills as a running back to open up some lanes for you? No, because if you go honest? there, even if you go there on a one year, here's eight million dollars. Come on down. Yeah, but you're you might never, you might never get... tank your fucking market next year. Exactly. Well, that's what I mean because you're going to go in. Even if you do well, you might get hurt. The situation is terrible. Their offensive line isn't that good. Like, I don't think they wouldn't be in there for free agency. It would be someone you'd definitely be watching through the draft, and you'd be like, do I want to be invested in this guy? Do I think this guy's going to earn himself a job? Or do I just sit there and say, okay, maybe take a shot at Scotty Phillips on the waiver wire as the backup there? Like, it's going to be dirt cheap, I think, no matter how you do it. It's just what... Other moves are going to be made. Can they get Deshaun Watson off the books and open up all this money? I think they have a manager who wants to take them in the right direction. But I think investing in that backfield, we're still a couple years away from truly talking about investing in it, especially after what you saw this year from David Johnson, Rex Burkhead, and Philip Lindsay. It was putrid. It was terrible. They got abused out there. It pains me because uh, Rex was my flag planter in that backfield last year. I said, the, the one you're going to want to own is Rex Burkhead. It was uh, the right guy. Yeah, it no. just was a terrible was fantasy terrible option. <laughs> <laughs> if you're rolling Rexy, you are fucking not sexy. Doozy. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, the Miami Dolphins. Um, just but, as know- ugly. Just as ugly, and we're back here talking about this amazing landing spot. With but is it really an amazing landing spot? Let's get a quick word from Viridian Global before we talk about them. Here at the Gold Jacket Podcast, we take family very seriously. We know that family doesn't always stop at the bloodline, it's a word that ensures trust. It's a word that, well, around here means that I know that I can count on you to have my back. Viridian Global is family. A family of the Fantasy Collective, and that is the exact reason Viridian Global will have your back. And I don't just mean literally covering your back in the best apparel they can possibly outfit you in. I mean at every step of the way, from finding the brand that fits you best to tracking your order to making sure you are fully satisfied at every step. With over 50 brands a part of the Fantasy Football Collective family, what are you waiting for? Join the family now. ViridianGlobal.com Shout out to Will and Viridian Global and all the great things they're doing there. Jim's rocking the merch. I got my new SOD hat here as well. Rocking all that merch 24-7, almost. <laughs> yeah, I'm rocking the uh, the GOAT District. Check them out. I believe tonight they got uh, JJ Zacharies. They do. They do yeah, tonight. Big, yeah, they have show. a big episode tonight and a big show tonight. Or this week, a couple big shows. So... Um, Miami Dolphins right now, you're staring down Miles Gaskin again. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I am not either. I, uh, we, we got burnt. We witnessed what that was like. Obviously, I mean, there's a lot of people, the offensive line. But listen, if you're one of those people who's saying, oh, no way to do it because of the offensive line, don't be that guy buying the running back and not thinking about that offensive line. Because I know a lot of people who are saying, oh, no, I would, Tua, no, I, I don't trust it. 
I, I don't know if he's a guy that we thought he was going to be, um, but that offensive line's really bad. And then sit there and say, oh, the best opportunity in all of the NFL is going to be going is Miami going get in involved in that Miami backfield again and because of uh the new the new head coach that's going there and he comes from under Kyle Shanahan he's the other side of Kyle Shanahan's brain uh the the king of the zone run scheme um so uh to me this is a tough one because I think this would be something is going to be another very rich offering because you're going to be looking at the Miami Dolphins and whatever happens you're gonna people are gonna be investing heavily in whoever goes there. So do you really want to get yourself into that again? Do you really no. want to get yourself into the bidding war like people got into with Miles Gaskin last year? Nope, I'm not. If I'm in an established dynasty league and I need some running back help, I guess I'll pay a premium for somebody else. If I'm in a dynasty startup or redraft, whatever season long, however the terminology is supposed to be said, um I will gladly just stockpile another position. If 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 I'm staring down to Miles Gaskin as my RB two, then no, I'm I've already fucked up. The, and this wow. almost feels like it's gonna be like San Francisco. Like it almost feels like you're never gonna know what running back you're gonna want, and you're gonna be running into this situation because if he's the other side of of Kyle Shanahan's brain, then he's the one of the reasons that the running back position in San Francisco has had this turnover has always rode the hot hand, has been in the situation that it's been in. So why would you just sit there and say, oh, he he's like the king of the runs, the zone run scheme and stuff. Uh, you got to get whoever's running out of that backfield. He's also the guy who has given you pause every offseason at what to do with the San Francisco 49ers backfield, even though everyone's going crazy for Elijah Mitchell right now. So well, like, everyone's been going crazy for a Shanahan running back way before San Francisco. Way before. Well, exactly. Because way, he, way he, before. His back, when run his schemes. Was, back when his daddy found a sixth round gem that made it to the Hall of Fame. One, it's all two, about two. the run scheme. It's all about the run scheme. It's all about the offense he runs. But I don't know. I don't, I'd have to really see how things go in Miami. And I don't know if I'd want to invest too expensive. Like too no, richly like said, into I'll that, and taking, I feel like that'll happen. I'll keep taking quarterbacks and, and wide receivers then uh, at that mm-hmm. point. That wide receiver pool is deep. Definitely. Deep, the wide deep, receiver deep. pool is definitely deep, and you can definitely be snagging some wide receivers that people are probably going to regret skipping on for certain running backs. Um, and I think the trend in some drafts going on now is that it is running back heavy at the top, but you are seeing way bigger runs on wide receivers now than you were seeing last offseason and offseasons before this. Like it feels like the running back dead zone is getting pushed further and further down drafts because people see what that dead zone does. People see how volatile the running back is. Exactly. This is you fucking championships. 100%. Look at look at that some of the people who won you championships. You're looking at Elijah Mitchell, Cordero Patterson, waiver wire running backs. James Robinson two years ago, waiver wire running backs who oh, carried you to championships, who won <laughs> you championships. So why rush because of a potential opportunity? And I heavily quote potential opportunity for, especially in the Miami Dolphins case, the Houston Texans case, the Atlanta Falcons case. Next one. 
this, this is an ugly one too, because you know, three quarters of the starters from last season are free agents or retired Tampa Bay. Uh, Leonard Fournette's gone. Gio Bernard's going to be gone. Keyshawn Vaughn is the last man standing. That little darling of drafts, a couple rookie drafts a couple years ago that was going at the one end of round one into round two turn. Sadly enough, the people who might have held him and sat on him, maybe this is a year. Maybe this is it. Because Bruce Arians and, and Leach said today at the Combine, they trust Keyshawn Vaughn. They're willing to turn the keys over to Keyshawn Vaughn. But I don't know, man. I don't, it's a Ali Marpet retired, Tom Brady retired, Chris Godwin could be gone, Rob Gronkowski hasn't committed to playing. That offense could look so different. I don't yeah, know if I want to. Yeah, it's going to look way different because they don't have the money to invest to get some of these guys back. If they're under contract, good. If they're not under contract, how are they going to figure it out? Because there's no guarantee of a championship like people thought this year was. So it becomes a different ball game in the free agent market. Chris yeah. Godwin will go to the highest bidder instead of I'll come back to Tampa because I think I have a chance at a championship here when the current quarterback is Kyle Trask. I like Kyle Trask. <laughs> That's I not do. the point. That's not I, the point. I think I think he's going to do well enough. Well enough. Well enough. Well enough. Um, What about Keyshawn Vaughn, though? Like... <laughs> Are you, if you have him, you're, you're fine oh, with it. I'm, but if you don't I'm have him, you're not my, trying to I get him. I am loving my life if I have him right now. If I stumble fucked my way into somehow <laughs> picking him up in a deal last year or on a waiver wire or on a taxi squad, I'm loving it. He's out on the market. And uh, I'll take pretty much anything right now. Because um, I definitely didn't invest heavily in him. I didn't draft him. Uh, I didn't even take him last year as I was – heavily on Giovanni Bernard on the offseason. Yes, I thought, you were. I thought Giovanni Bernard was going to be the guy uh, to benefit there. Just pass catching back to Thomas pounding his fist for his entire fucking New England career that, that he was able to. Um, that is know. better than looking at an opportunity. That is better than sitting there and pointing out an opportunity and saying, I want that running back. This is a guy who was pounding the table for this guy. Like that that Tom Brady, one, one, the greatest quarterback of all time. He, want, he wanted him table. in New England. He wanted him in New England. And Bill Belichick wanted him in New England at one point. Bill Belichick. Look what, look what they did with James White. Like, Yep, that's why I wanted him. I thought out, out of that. But then, like, Lombardi Lenny ended up, you know, <laughs> catching passes again and, and, and doing some good things. And, and Rojo fumbled and. Lombardi Lenny was somehow punished for that a little bit, and then Gio got a run. <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah, I mean, while we're talking about them, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, you kind of said uh, Ronald Jones you'd kind of like to see in Atlanta. What? Where would you like to see Leonard Fournette? And do you think he gets – do you think he's done? Do you think he's done enough that's not a prove-it deal? Do you think he's getting two or three years and that people can buy into Leonard Fournette again? It's going to be hard like, cause, just because of his age. Mm-hmm. Right, that's like 20, gonna, what, 27 years seven, old? 27. So, like, that's what's going to deter teams, I think, from giving them a two, three year deal because then you're at like 30. But you're looking at like if, a Todd Gurley, David Johnson. Yeah. If, if it is a three year deal, I guarantee they can get out after one. They'll be like, uh, we can get out from you after one year. They'll front load it. The guarantees are all going to be okay year yeah. one and like maybe like. Uh, 
a, a third of year two will be guaranteed then but the rest we want to be able to cut you after year one with minimal losses and if Absolutely. you do well we keep you through year two and then we I, cut you after year two with no losses i'd like, like to see him stay in tampa mm-hmm. right he knows the arian scheme i think he'd be very good for kyle trask um having a a veteran running back, I think, is very important to a young quarterback in his development, more so than uh, an established tight end, which I think is is the uh, the trope there, where a uh, tight end is, mm-hmm. is a young a young quarterback's friend. I actually think it is an established uh, veteran running back that can you know pick up blitzes, catch dump off passes, and be and be a safety net there in more ways than than the tight end but so yeah i'd like to see him in tampa bay another rant by jim can't go a week without it <laughs> it's okay it's okay because we want to know where you want them to land and i mean the same with me like ronald jones at this point like i think he just needs to land somewhere where he's gonna get an opportunity and where he's gonna be really not penalized like he was getting penalized under bruce arians like he got his chances he would fumble or he would get enough one yard or negative gains that that Bruce Arians didn't want to see him anymore. And like you said, Leonard Fournette kept coming out. Like I, I would like to see him, like you said, like Atlanta would be a nice spot to be, you know, I almost think like in Arizona would be nice if it wasn't for likely James Conner going back there, you know, somewhere where he can get a role that is I wouldn't his. mind Seattle. Seattle would be pretty sweet to me. I think Chris Carson yeah. can get out. To be honest with you, I think you can get which, an upgrade there with a younger version. Which is a perfect segue because my uh, the last team we were going to talk about is the Seattle Seahawks with Chris Carson, DJ Dallas, and Travis Homer under contract as their backfield. Chris Carson, he had that, that neck injury, that neck issue where he might be back, then he wasn't, then maybe near the end of the year, then it was, oh, he's just not coming back this year. He's on a fresh new contract as of last year, I do believe. Um, so I think they're kind of invested in him for this year, but otherwise get yeah, like Rashad Penny had an incredible run there. He proved you can run there. He proved you can run behind that offensive line. And Chris Carson has been very consistent when healthy, but what do you, what do you do? You're not, they clearly aren't bringing Rashad Penny back. He's going to well, get how long is Travis Homer under contract for that surprise. I thought he was done. Um, I'll have to look. I'll look right now. I, I, I was pretty sure he was still under contract. That's what I said. Yeah, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, uh, Darwin Thompson, Josh Johnson. They got a plethora oh, yeah. of running is, backs yeah, under contract. Year. This is his last year. But, like, he could be cut for $35,000. He could be cut for less than what I make a year. Every, every, so many <laughs> people can be cut. Like, even Chris Carson, he can be cut for $3 million. $3 million dead. You get you still get savings out of that. I think three million they'll probably keep them for that if it's only three million dead. If it's three million dead it, cash, yeah, and you only save that. like one point five million dollars. So you're cutting this guy to save one point five million dollars, and he doubled the dead cap. Like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't outweigh there. But you can bring in another body, like you said, because Darwin Thompson's dirt cheap. You can cut him easily. Travis Homer can be cut easily. Um, like you said, DJ Dallas, he can be cut easily and very cheaply. So you can go to the market and you can look at some of these other names that are out there. Obviously, you know, it sounds like Melvin Gordon. He sounds like he, there's a good chance he might be going back to Denver. Leonard just Trinette. like we said, just like we 
fucking sad. <laughs> Leonard Fournette, I mean, tough to say where he's going to go, but I mean, it kind of looks like Tampa Bay might want to have him back. Cordero Patterson, it looks like he's going to go land back on his feet in Atlanta. Rashad Penny, he's definitely finding a new home. Like, I mean, I know he's like the 26-year-old breakout, so you're probably going to get a team to approve it, fully guaranteed contract, and say run behind our offensive line. But, Wait, I mean. What team? Where, where, where? Where do you see a team for him? That's a tough thing. It's right? so like, hard to find where, a team that I a- think. I, it's so hard to find a team that I think that it's going to fit. Like, I feel like he's going to go somewhere and owners are going to hate it. Like on the Pittsburgh, surface, but they don't need them. <laughs> no, they're not. Pittsburgh is full nausea here. I don't think they're going to touch no, a exactly, running back position. That's, that's the type of team that, that he could run behind. That's the type of, mm-hmm. of power scheme offense that I think you need to be. Where uh, maybe Washington, if I don't know, but yeah, like, McKissick said of the picture, you got Gibson, you're probably going to have to bring a, a second back into that situation, into that fold. There's a lot of teams that need like a second running back or a third running back. They need that extra option. And I feel like that's where he's going to end up. And Rashad Penny owners are going to just hate themselves for not trading at the high point that he was at near the end of the season. Although, I mean, some are going to sit there and say, well, he won me a championship, so I'm not worried about it because I won the money this year. And whatever happens, happens next year, and I'll figure it out then. But I mean, that's felt like the high that you needed to sell him on. And now we're sitting there and now we're staring down a situation where where could he go? The Miami Dolphins have a shitload of money. Do, would they be interested in bringing Rashad Penny in and, and trying to make him work in their offense? That feels like it would be a failed Jordan Howard. Mm. Feels like the same type of deal they try to do there. But um, 100%. No, I agree. I, Seattle's a mess. They got a whole lot of running backs that can be cut for dirt cheap. And the only one who looks like a guarantee to come back is Chris Carson. But they need to find something to do at that RB2 position because Chris Carson's almost guaranteed to miss time next season. He's almost I, guaranteed to get injured. And I think it's really going to depend. I want to wait, really. I want to see what Russ is doing. He, brought, he took down all the social media. Oh, man. Um, Things of the Seahawks again, so let's see where see see where this goes first. You know the QB drama of carousel, like we talked about last week or two weeks ago. But um, yeah, yeah especially like when you look at that, like if you have the chance to be with you know a Josh Allen, a Kyler Murray, a Jalen Hurts, uh Russell Wilson, a guy, a a, a quarterback with mobility, the offensive line doesn't have to be amazing. Because suddenly they already have to account for that quarterback. So that's why like, it feels like Rashad Penny worked so well because of the threat of Russell Wilson. The threat of the passing game. What, what was going to happen? Like, I feel like if he doesn't land in a similar position where you have a mobile quarterback or one that requires the attention of a spy or somebody constantly keeping their eye on him and taking a body... And a passing game that requires you to always have a man or have a man over the top. So that takes a couple other guys out of the picture. I feel like Rashad Penny has to land in an optimal spot like that to succeed like he did again. And he has all of that in Seattle. He has a mobile quarterback or Russell Wilson if he stays. He has DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett mm-hmm. taking it over the top. He has all that to keep defenses stretched wide on that field and thin. 
you know what I mean? And, and create, mm-hmm. create nice big uh, running, running lanes. But like I say all the time, not my decisions, not my choices. Uh, Let's just say there's plenty of opportunities at the running back position, but I think a lot of the RB1s are decided. It's about deciphering who's the two, what's the committee look like, what's the breakup of the, who's the passing down, who's the red zone, who's the end zone guy. It's deciphering. These next couple of years are really going to be about deciphering that because it feels like the running back position a lot. It's a lot of the talk is going to be about the committee approach. How do you figure out who you want in this committee? So that's why, you know, a lot of these running backs don't necessarily, even in the free agent market, don't necessarily sit there and scream like, I got to trade for this guy. The opportunity is going to be amazing. Melvin Gordon's likely going back to Denver. That hurts Javonta Williams. That hurts Melvin Gordon. What is that going to look like again? Because they almost had a 50-50 split. I think it leans more in the direction of Javonta Williams, 60-40, 65-35. But you're still seeing 35 to 40% of work and potential fantasy output go a different direction to a very consistent Melvin Gordon, a reliable and consistent Melvin Gordon. So it's someone who's going to command touches wherever he goes. Absolutely. Leonard Frenette, same thing. Like James White. Like some of these pass catching backs, they're going to go and they're going to get a job like Jarek McKinnon, Chase Edmonds, J.D. McKissick, James White, and they're going to command attention. They're going to command touches. But how much touch, how many touches are they going to take? It's going to be figuring out what type of schemes exist or what type of what schemes the coaches run to kind of delve out the touches to the running backs. And figuring yeah. out which ones, which touches are going to be the most valuable. Because as we know in PPR, the most valuable is the catch. So who's getting more it's catches? It's also going to pay out on like what these cats value is going to be too in your league. Like every league is different, right? Like don't want to be reaching for, you know, a Mike Davis or a Miles Gaskin or, you know, like one of the, you don't want to be reaching for all those guys. Like I think – this year you're going to see guys like Joe Mixon go popping up again, uh, higher than. I think you're. I think he'll be drafted at like a ceiling. J, JT, I think will be drafted at a ceiling. Barkley will be drafted at a ceiling. And JT, I actually think is sneaky. Um, is nine is Naheem Hines still under contract? I got to look at that because he's sneaky, man. He yeah, Naheem Hines uh, signed a new contract just before last year. I think he's got three years now. Right, this so like be two more sneaky. years. He don't think of him taking touches away from JT and like he doesn't to the point yet that it affects JT, but he gets enough touches. But I think that is a definitely a backfield to talk about and we'll get to it when we break down, like, you know, the, the when we do our divisional Divisions. breakdown and we talk deeper about it, but Marlon Mack's out of the picture and they were trying to force feed Marlon Mack and give him opportunities to build his trade value and move him. And it never happened. And then you started to see Naheem Hines get that roll back and stuff. So what does that, what, how does that factor into things? Does Naheem Hines get enough back day? He gets that 25, 35% with a lot of, you know, the valuable pass catching work. Yeah. Tough to say. It's going to be sneaky, man. Like, and that's, like I said, that's, that's a cat that I'm actually going to be looking to try to get cheap as a bi-week filler flex filler i think he's going to be sneaky especially if they solidify that quarterback position a little better yeah i think the running back like it's so tough to say like it's so hard to say at this point what what's going to happen in figuring out these committees but i think the running back dead zone is about to grow 
Like you're about to see, okay, now instead of these six names, you see these 12, 16 names. And it's like, what do I do with them? Do I just wait out those names and got, find those sneaky guys? Like you say later on, Naheem Hines, where does JD McKissick land? Is he going to be a sneaky grab? Look at all yeah. the touches he was getting as a pass catching back in, in Washington. Like if James, you're gonna get a James back, White, same thing. Like I said, if you're going to get a back, it's going to be like your JTs, your Najee Harris's, your DeAndre Swift's. Get them at their ceiling, rounds one, round two, round yeah, three. And, and you're drafting them at their ceiling. That is exactly Agreed. what you're doing right there. Uh, there's no room for error on that. Your Joe Mixon's maybe, maybe, but I doubt it. I think he's probably going to be at a ceiling as well. Antonio mm-hmm. Gibson, I think, is going to be drafted at a ceiling. There's no wiggle room there for error. They have to produce for your team. They have to. There's no, like, you better hit in the fucking later rounds, too, because, you know, odds are one of those guys is going down. For me last year, it was King Henry, right? Like, I was mm-hmm. I was rolling. I was rolling through that league, me and Maddie. And then, you know, I hit, King Henry hit an injury. Uh, MT shit the bed. But, like, we were rolling uh, originally, and then, like, our big linchpin was one of our running backs went down. One of our, our ceiling drafted running backs Went down. There's no room for error when you draft it like that. And we had nobody. We didn't go with that late round strategy of, of filling up. We just kept hitting uh, more more wide receivers that kept falling to us. We took that. We mm-hmm. took that strategy. But we hit nobody. So once the wheels fell off our RB one, RB two, we were done. We went from like what second in the league to like sixth, seventh, like within two weeks. It was crazy. Um, but anyway, I'm sure you weren't the only person who, who nobody cares the, about uh, my fucking teams. <laughs> I'm sure you weren't the only one who suffered from the losses of guys like King Henry. Um, that definitely bit a lot of people, but I think that's it, man. I think we wrapped it up. We hit on some of the names to look out for some of those big names, uh, big name free agents, 40 total unrestricted free agents. There's a ton of running backs on the market. There's going to be a ton of situations and opportunities to figure out as free agency rolls on. We're going to talk about where people land and what we think about them, but there's a lot. There's 40 and there is a, the class isn't top heavy. There's a lot of running backs in this draft class too. So there's about to be an influx of running backs getting jobs and a whole lot of backfields to really decipher and figure out as this offseason rolls on. Didn't get a chance to shout out Trophy Smack, but I'm going to shout them out right now. Um, Make sure you go to trophysmack.com. They have over 1,000 customizable trophy combinations, championship belts, and rings to choose from to commemorate your league's champion in style. Make sure you're hoisting your league's fantasy Lombardi and use the promo code TNFF with your purchase and receive a free championship ring. That's trophysmack.com, promo code TNFF, at checkout for a free championship ring. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. Make sure you rate, review, like, or subscribe wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching. If you're on YouTube right now, make sure you hit that uh, thumbs up that's going to be right below our screen to help bring some attention to the podcast, to the stream. Um, Thank you to all the wonderful sponsors, Underdog Fantasy that we shouted out right at the beginning, Trophy Smack, who I just shouted out, and Viridian Global, who got the uh, mid-episode shout-out. Check out the whole True North Fantasy Football crew. Uh, right above my head there, truenorthffb.com, at truenorthffb on Twitter, and TNFF Network on YouTube if you aren't already checking us out there. And uh, follow Jim at Gold Jacket QBs, myself at Connor10, that's T-E-N on Twitter. But until next time, well, we're actually going to see you on Friday. 
when we post that wide receivers episode, but we will also see you next Tuesday. This is a beginning point.